Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. I'm Jenna Wolf, Nick Wright, Brandon Marshall, Kevin Wilds. Looking around, a little Brady Bunch action. We are happy to be here. It is Thursday. Got a big game tonight. Got a full slate this weekend. Got some NBA finals to talk about. Awesome, awesome two-hour show. So sit back. And we are going to kick things off with a little preview of tonight's game, gentlemen. Thursday night football on Fox. Little Tom Brady, little Nick Foles, Bucks visiting the Bears. Both teams coming in at three and one. But Brady's Bucks are a little banged up. They won't have Chris Godwin or Shady McCoy available. Leonard Fournette is doubtful. Mike Evans, the most likely to play, he's questionable. And Tom Brady is still 43 years old. With that, it is time for Brandon's key to the game to kick off our preview. Brandon, how can Brady and the Bucks leave Chicago with a win? Dun, da, da, da. Yes, Nick, Jenna, Kevin, I'm really excited about these keys. Pay attention to them. Let's throw all three up at one time this week. Here's the keys to the victor to victory for, for the Bucks and led by Tom Brady. Number one, you got to establish a run game. Why do you do that against a defense that could potentially hold you to 2.5 yards a carry, three yards a carry? Because Tom Brady is 43. You just said it. Do you really want to unleash this defensive line this week on Thursday night football? No, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly, but you have to establish the run because if you do that, you then establish the play action and it slows down Khalil Mack, Hicks, and all the other guys they have that can get to the quarterback in a blink of an eye. Number two, you have to keep Tom Brady upright. And they've done, it, oh, they've done this well all year. They potentially have the best offensive line in the NFL. This rookie right tackle worse is playing lights out. He's playing excellent. He can easily win rookie of the year. They have a center in Jensen that is the tone setter. He plays nasty. This guy is the best center in football right now. Yes, I said it. And their left guard, Marpet, he's pushing to be one of the best guards in football as well. Keep Tom Brady upright. You cannot let Khalil Mack tee off on this guy. And he said it to the media this week. He said, look, a flood of plays, huge plays, big plays is coming. Trust me, they're coming. This cannot be the week. Please don't let this happen. And the last key to victory is you have to capitalize off of Nick Foles, Nick Foles' mistakes. How many times do we watch Nick Foles throw the ball into triple coverage, double coverage, bouncing off a defender's face mask and, and shoulder pads, and no one comes down with the ball? He's going to give you an opportunity to make a play. Make the play if you want to win this game. Those are the keys Brandon, to Brandon, I, I, right, I must admit I'm a little confused. Because I, agree. I, I, I sat agree. here Monday, I sat here Monday with you, <laughs> Wild Jenna, and Mike Vick, fresh off a Tom Brady five touchdown performance, and you and Mike Vick both scolded me for being surprised by it. <laughs> Said, nope, he's comfortable now, he knows the offense, this is what we should expect. Yet none of those keys were let Tom Brady cook. Let Tom Brady do no, what he did last no, week against no. the Chargers. Don't let him cook. Which is, And I think, though, I mean, I'm a little sarcastic when I say I'm confused because you're absolutely right. The way the Bears can win this game, and by the way, spoiler alert, I'll give my pick now, I think the Bears are going to win oh. this game, is by making Tom Brady uncomfortable. You mentioned Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack sacks this year only one and a half. Khalil Mack's pressures this year 
22, yeah. third most in football. So he's getting to the quarterback, just not completing the play. And Wilds, your old buddy Tom Brady, you're going to be very familiar with these numbers. Show Tom Brady when pressured over the last four years. 2017, a 97 Oof. rating win pressured. That's outstanding. 2018, 71 rating. That's actually not as bad as it looks because, again, it's win pressured. 2019, it was miserable. And 2020, it was awful. Or thus far, it's been awful, I should yeah. say. That is a steady decline. And Wilds, last year, you saw when he was playing for your beloved Patriots, the moment there was pressure, he's throwing the ball away. He yep. is not in the business okay. of taking hits anymore. I don't think you can do that against this Bears pass rush. Okay, so I'm going to put on my glasses just to uh, take them off Please. to make a point. Okay. okay. So Brandon's <laughs> keys to the game are suggestions. This is not a suggestion. This is a straight-up demand. You must run the Philly special tonight against Nick Foles. It is mandatory. There is an open, gaping wound. No, Brandon, you get over it. I got six Super Bowl rings. I should have seven, my friend. Look, there's two reasons. There's a strategic reason and there's emotional reasons. I'll just talk about strategic because, you know, I like I, I, I'm, I'll take emotion out of it, Jenna. Good. Bears have the number one red zone defense. You and Nick. me both. They force the most incompletions. They allow the second fewest yards running. So you got to come up with something special. Now, here is the emotional reasons. Tom Brady, you dropped the pass in Super Bowl in the Super Bowl, 52 or 53. I get confused. I mean, you want to. You dropped the pass. Bad Nick one. Foles <laughs> saw, I was like, oh, quarterback's catching balls now? That's what we're going to do? Goes over, calls the Philly special. He catches it, gets a statue. Dude, you got six Super Bowls, zero statues. Doug Peterson got a statue, can't win a game. You have to do this. And I know you're thinking, like, Wilds, it's a one-time thing. It's a Super Bowl. Not true. Yeah. Baker Mayfield ran the Philly special. Matt Ryan got the Philly special. Nick Foles yeah. ran it again. Yeah. So I, so no yeah. risk it, no biscuit, Brandon. Run the Philly special. We need it. And then you know what, Jenna? Run it again. Certainly they're not thinking it's going to be run twice. <laughs> run it again. No. It, that's the key to the game. Kevin's keys to the game. Wilds. Wilds, glasses Go. or not, that might be <laughs> the most ridiculous thing said on sports television, not by Paul Pierce in the last five years. It is that the, the idea that Bruce Arians and the Bucks give a damn about Tom Brady's emotional wounds from getting outplayed by Nick Foles in the Super Bowl, it, it just, it, he doesn't play for that team anymore. It's not that matchup anymore. No, to yeah. me, that is, I, 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 will be, I will be pleasantly surprised if it happens because you'll get to take a victory lap. But I, Brandon, can I ask yeah. you one quick question before we go? Because you you were talking about establishing the run on Chicago and trying to force yep. Nick Foles into mistakes. If you're Tampa, I feel like because you've got this week you have the Bears, next week you have Green Bay, a few weeks later you play Kansas City, you are about to enter, you obviously play New Orleans again, the real daunting part of your schedule. 
I feel like this is, you need to prove that you can throw the ball not just against the bad defenses that you play. The the, the Bucks have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. So are you're yeah. okay with kind of essentially con making the game plan overly conservative just because of the Bears' pass rush, even if for the Bucks to reach what their aspirations are, they're going to have to be a wide-open offense? Well, well, you said it, Nick, right? Their goal is to make it to the Super Bowl. And I think at the end of the day, we really don't know how teams get there. We just know they get there and they win it. So whether it's throwing the ball, passing the ball, I don't think it matters. Uh, but when you look at, the, right. look at the matchups, you know, you can't put Tom Brady in this offense, this team, in this position because you have Khalil Mack. You, you laid out how many teams get to the quarterback 22 times, third in the NFL. So close. We, just yep. two years ago, we were talking about this dude being, you know, second to LT. So you got to protect him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it does, yeah, you got you, you to protect. You got to protect Tom. He's 43. Come on, Nick. And Real quick before we go to break, what's the one excuse Tom Brady used or people used about Tom Brady all last year in New England? He had no weapons. Tom Brady's coming into this game tonight without many weapons. Everybody's hurt. So I'm already giving him a oh, baked in excuse. I'll, I'll hand that to you. Preemptive I'll hand that excuses. to you, Kevin Wilde. <laughs> How about that? Feel free to use Haven't that moving yet. forward. Uh, question for you guys. Is it possible LeBron is getting better with age? It happened to me. Could happen to him. That's next. First things first. <laughs> first things first is proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy. Week five of the NFL is on its way and we are entering our fantasy lineups on FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season. No deposit required. And this year, FanDuel is now offering daily snake drafts. I couldn't be more excited. Snake drafts are the simplest way to try daily fantasy. Draft live just like season-long fantasy, but with winners every game day. The best of seasonal drafting with DFS all in one. How it works. Find a daily snake draft. Draft your team live. Draft starts as soon as the contest fills. You and your opponents will draft six players in a six-round draft with 30 seconds per pick. Unlike other FanDuel contests, there is no salary cap. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com FTF or download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. FanDuel.com FTF. FanDuel. More ways to win. LeBron James, the conversation starting to shift to LeBron's legacy with the Lakers, just one win away from the title. But, you know, if there is a blemish on LeBron's resume, it would be that 2011 finals run with the Heat when Miami came in as favorites against the Mavericks and lost. Well, Mavericks owner Mark Cuban chimed in on how much different LeBron is today than he was back in 2011. Take a listen. LeBron James gets a lot of criticism for that series in particular. And I want to ask you, what is the difference that you see in him then in that series and then in him now? Because if you had to just compare differences, what are some of the differences that you see? So, number one, he was the number two guy with the heat, right? It was Dwayne Wade that really was the the leader. Like we talked earlier about having that leader in, in the locker room, right? right? Right. So you could really tell on the court and just from talking to guys, 
that, you know, he went to Dwayne's team, right? It right. wasn't like, you know, Dwayne came to his team. Right. And, and so I think one is leadership. Now LeBron's that guy, period, end of story. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he, he says who comes on that team, how it's going to work, you know, what we're doing. And, mm-hmm. and two, he's got the basketball IQ level now. He's just take, he's, he's a basketball savant. Mm. Hey, Mark, you got time for an interview? Basketball. Yeah, I mean, I'll be driving, but I'm sure it's going to be no problem. Just call me. FaceTime me. We'll be fine. Uh, Nick, let me start with you. Is Mark Cuban right that LeBron James today is better in year 17 than he was back in 2011 at age, what, 26? Yes, he's a thousand percent correct. And I, Wilds, I'm considering I, 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 they need to win tomorrow and he needs to win finals MVP, but I'm considering unveiling a brand new take. And I think it's it's going to, I think it's going to strike many of you as overzealous, but I think there's evidence to back it up. And that is, well, so here's the thing. So LeBron James became the greatest basketball player ever in 2016 when he came back from 3-1 down. We know (laughs) that. So now it's like, what can he do? What can be greater than greatest? What can be greater than greatest? I posit that if LeBron James' career started in 2012 and you just erased the first eight years, the two MVPs, the two finals appearances, all the points, all all of it, if it was 2012 to now, he would still be the greatest player of all time. That just what he's done post-Mavericks is greater than anything anyone else has done in their careers combined. So let's take a look at a few things if we could, Wilds. First is his 10 greatest playoff games ever. What you will see on this list is only one of them comes pre-Mavericks. That is the 48 special against Detroit. Everything else came from 2012 to now. Now I know folks are gonna bring up Well, it's from 2012 to now, he only has four rings. Jordan has six. Can we put up a blind reveal if we could? And Brandon Wilds, you tell me, which of these do you, left or right, which is better? Left is better, correct? Does everyone agree? Yeah. Left has more points, rebounds, assists. Okay. Show, Show America what those two categories are. That is LeBron James in his last three finals losses. And that is Michael Jordan in his final three-peat, his last three finals wins. All of that, of course, also came post-2012. What, Wilds? Why are you shaking your head? This is all, it's, it, Cubans got it right. No. Can and we I throw up big shots? Ahead, no, you, no, can yeah, we sure, can we show the clutch? Real quick? I didn't let's, yeah, let's show. yeah, absolutely. Hold on, hold on, Wilds. Let me just answer Brandon real quick. No problem. LeBron James, post-2011, has four playoff buzzer beaters. Buzzer beaters, end of game, walk off. Michael Jordan in his entire career had three. So even if we remove LeBron's pre-2012 buzzer beaters, he still has more than MJ, so no problem, Brandon. But Wilds, what were you saying? No, I'm just curious. It's a lot of no, it's a lot of it's a lot of validity behind what you're saying, but I'm talking about this graph right here, those last Mm -hmm. three final losses and compared to Jordan's three peat. I want to see those clutch moments. What did LeBron James do in the clutch moment, those last three final losses? That's what I want to see. Do not. That's what I want to see. No, don't play into no, Brandon. 
You're 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 falling into the trap. He can't. You can't. Numbers. This is where numbers. This is. Twan said this yesterday. This is where numbers. Like yeah, LeBron James. LeBron James can go down as the greatest basketball player ever, but I want to be careful when we keep throwing up these numbers, right? Because MJ could be possibly watching this show, and he's going to be looking at you, Wilds, and he's going to be thinking like, oh, you're just going to let Nick Wright just run away with the conversation? You're not going to fight him at all? What happens when you see MJ in Madison Square Garden? Are you going, what, what are you going to say to MJ, Wilds? I didn't know you had the jersey right there. It's so great. It's a permanent, it's a it's permanent so prop here. Go Granted, ahead, the only way to yeah. fight Nick, the only way to fight Nick here, you cannot, you cannot outstat him. You can't. The guy's a human Wikipedia. <laughs> no. You can't be like, I'm going to get my own stats to fight. You can't. You yeah. just have to say, Nick, I refuse to engage in a debate about <laughs> Jordan's losses, excuse me, about LeBron's losses versus Jordan's wins. There's one stat. It's yeah. three wins versus three losses. Having a debate whether those not those things are equal is I'm not Doesn't having count. it. I'm not I refuse. As an, I'm sorry, Jenna. As so Antoine you're, you're would say, it's you're the a, eye test. It's, Jenna. It's the eye Jenna, test. You what? know, I I apologize to interrupt, but you, my daughter turned seven today, and it, your account, the rings guy, and so is she. Like, you know, when you're five, six, seven years old, just numbers like, well, one guy won, one guy lost. You don't totally understand nuance. So you have this in common with a lot of small children. It's just like, oh, well, one guy has more jewelry, so he has to be the best. I got it. We got to go. Happy birthday, Deanna. By the way, happy Big Seven today. Talk some football. Big problems in Big D. The Cowboys defense under fire for their lack of effort. But wait till you hear whose effort we're talking about. Next, first things first. The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension, that's a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll wonder if it's on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power that you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com slash FTF right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash FTF, theragun.com slash FTF. Well, Thursday night football returns to Fox. Brady and the Bucks taking on Super Bowl 52 rival Nick Foles and the Bears. It is on Fox, NFL Network, and streaming on Prime Video. All right, back here. First things first, talking Dallas Cowboys now. In fact, we've been chatting all week about this Cowboys team, not their offense. That offense seems to be clicking. It's the defense giving up a league-worst 36 points a game. Is it bad coaching? Is it bad execution? Or is it bad effort? Well, Cowboys safety Xavier Woods said this yesterday. Take a listen. Our effort's been good. I mean, in certain plays, uh, certain plays, some guy, uh, I mean, me included, uh, it may be a lack, but overall, the effort is there. 
Uh, I mean, you don't expect, I mean, we're in the NFL, you don't expect guys to full speed for 70 plays. Uh, that's not that's not possible. But um, we're going to push, push, push as hard as we can. Uh, I mean, we know. You, can, you don't expect the backside corner to go make a play on the opposite side. Uh, he, he running full speed the whole time. That's just this is not possible, to be honest. Okay, so just to recap, our effort is great. We just don't always give 100% on every play. But the effort's there completely. Uh, Coach Eric Mangini is joining us this morning. Coach, uh, what do you make of Wood's comments? The, 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 you can't go full speed. You can't give 100% every single play out there. I don't I don't even know what to do with this. I, I don't know what to do with this comment at all. We're, we're Just in kill the him, NFL. coach. Just crush him. We're in the NFL, so you can't expect us to go full speed. Well, where do you expect it to go full speed? Like youth football, high school football, college football. You're always asking guys to go full speed, but not not in the NFL. And and the only thing that, that you can control, you can't always control your ability, but you can control at all times your effort, your discipline. Your effort. Those things are, are inherently in your control. And how do you coach from it? Do you, how do you know if the guy made a mistake because of technique or because he wasn't going 100%? And if you go, if you don't go 100% one play and then, you know, each one of the 11 guys who are on the field take a turn doing that, then, then what, what do you do with that? How do you fix that? How do you address those problems? You're dead last in points. You're, you're 30th in, in yards allowed. You're 29th and takeaways and for him personally he's a free agent going into the season so that that's not good i'm i wouldn't be excited to, to <laughs> sign him as, as a free agent if if he if i knew i'm going to get effort you know part of the time and then the backside corner how did they get beat they got beat on trick plays where the play started one way and went back to the back side <laughs> So you're going to use that for that this morning. Like, seriously? Hey, it's just, it's, yeah. just, it's disappointing that someone gets in front of a microphone and says, yeah, you know, lack of effort. You know, that's cool. That's we're, I mean, we're, we're bad <laughs> in a year where defense has been really bad. But, you know, it's okay. I mean, you go part time. I mean, I know Nick takes segments it's off. <laughs> But you know, what I do? Why is my mind on me? That's not. All right, listen. To be the worst defense in what through four weeks has been the worst defensive year in NFL history. As a wise man once said, that ain't great. But Brandon, I'm gonna admit something here. I am so relieved by, and I don't know what you're gonna say. But given your reaction to what Coach said and what Coach, and what Coach just said, I feel so much smarter than I felt 12 hours ago. Because when I saw this quote, <laughs> it struck me as insane. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. But then the fact that yeah. he said it, I was like, maybe I just don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Like, you have defensive yeah. line rotations, so pass rushers, you know what I mean? They're expected to go all out, but then they get subbed out of the game. Starting safeties are supposed to play the whole game. And so I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's just a thing I didn't know about that because they're going to play the whole game, there's going to be certain plays they just kind of rest. Like when LeBron stands in the corner and he's like, nah, it, Rondo, you take over this play. I'm like, maybe this is just a thing that I had no idea about because if it's not a thing, why would you say this out loud? But it seems, yeah. given what Coach said and what you're saying, that this isn't a thing. 
and that this is an outrageous thing not only to do, but to just say to the media, like, listen, there's going to be 70 plays. I'm going to give you my best for about 65 of them, but there's going to be five I got to chill. Less. That's not a thing, right? Oh, uh, listen, I can't, I can't say it better than Coach did. Like, Come on now, like if it, if you're not going full speed at the in the NFL and at the pro level, then when are you doing it? When you're getting paid millions of dollars in a billion dollar business, like, bro, you sound ridiculous. All right, Xavier Woods, you sound ridiculous. There's three things, and coach, you you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a few things that's always universal. There's some things in football that never changes. When coach stands in front of that, that room every single day, there's three things he's teaching us and he's talking about. And even when we're breaking down film, these are the three things that you look at when you watch film. Assignment, alignment, and effort. So when you hear coaches talk about, hey, the kid graded out great. Coach Nolan just came out last week and said, well, no, these guys graded out good here. Jalen Jalen Smith graded out well, you know, the last four weeks in these, these areas. But those are the three things that we're looking at. Nothing else. We're not looking at how pretty your clothes are. We're not looking at, you know, how aggressive the tackle was. Did you, al did you align properly? Are you in your gap? Did you, did you fit properly so you didn't break down the integrity of the defense, of the offense? Assignment. Did you do your job so when you talk about this backside corner making that play that's actually quarters coverage so what's supposed to happen on the post when we know against quarters the biggest threat to that is a post the backside safety the backside corner is supposed to help out that safety so that doesn't happen so that is his job that's his assignment and then effort is the very last thing jenna i mean Coach, you said it perfectly. You know, if, if I'm Dak Prescott in that locker room where every single day on first things first and, and then un, undisputed, these guys are crushing the Dallas Cowboys and I'm the one right. that's taking the brunt of all of this and you're talking about effort, I'm going to walk in the locker room and say, bro, come on, man, what are you doing? Come on, we, we have to have a conversation, Jenna. Coach, what you're, do you do, coach, if you're Mike Nolan? What do you do if you're a coach on this team and you hear someone say that? Where do you go from here? Well, well. First of all, I hope Dak's not watching First Things First every morning. I hope he's studying, and it looks like he actually might be, because they're, they're putting up they're putting up big points. Now, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge him for watching it because he could get some some great insight. But the first meeting that I ever went to with Bill Parcells as a young coach, he sat up in front of the players and he said, "We're going to evaluate you by by a few things." He said, first thing is, do you know what to do? The second thing is, are you doing the things you're coached to do?" And the third thing is, are you the same player every day? And that part is critical. Are you the same player every day, or are you going to be up and down? Are you going to be up and down in the games? Because we can't rely on that. We can't put a plan together on based off that if you're not consistent. And then when Rodney Harrison came to the Patriots, one of the greatest indicators of how special he was is he would throw the scout team off the practice field individual guys if he felt like they weren't giving Tom Brady a hundred percent look in practice he'd go in and play defensive line if he was mad at a guy who wasn't giving a hundred percent effort on the show awesome. team defensive line that's and right that's that's, that's right awesome. practice and that's that's the mark of greatness is they're not they're not taking plays off they're trying to figure out how to get not only themselves better but other people around them better that's right. So, so coach, what do you do right now? Because not only do you have an effort problem, it looks like, on the defense, you probably got a PR problem as well. 
Allen Iverson famously <laughs> said, like, his practice rant was misinterpreted, and it haunted him throughout his career. So now you have the new narrative out there that the Dallas Cowboys aren't even trying. So literally, like, next week at New York, what do you tell, if you were coaching, what, do you try to remedy this right away? Because I think you're going to have a PR disaster on your hands. Look, there's going to be there's going to be some some conversations that go on in the building, and it's not just going to be with the defensive coordinator. It's going to be with the head coach, and the head coach needs to establish what the expectations are. And if there is uncertainty as to what the expectations are, he needs to to go through and and reestablish the expectations. And I'm sure ownership isn't going to going to watch the, these clips and see these reactions and watch the defense week in and week out and say that's okay and typically what happens and unfortunately what happens is if things don't change then somebody changes their address and 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 some of those players will eventually be <laughs> be opted out it's coach yeah they yeah they, they will they will be shown the door in probably a very public fashion to send a message to the rest of the team that this is not okay. Not giving your best is not okay. And if you think you're going to play like that with the Dallas Cowboys, you're wrong. You can go to another team and see if that works there. Yeah, you got to think about this, you know, a week before the season, they let go of HaHa. You know, we're talking about they need safety help. So you get rid of a veteran uh, a safety, somebody who could potentially help you uh, for this. You know, I think this is a young player who, who, who's obviously uh, put his foot in his mouth. Uh, he needs to do some damage control, not to us in the media, but in that locker room. Because if I'm on the other side of the ball mm -hmm. and we're averaging 425 yards a game and we're playing lights out. Now, granted, we got to clean up our turnovers, but we're playing and we're giving effort every single play. Like, we got to have a conversation because there's too much on the line. And, you, and, and Coach, that's why I said, like, this went over somebody, could have went over somebody's head, but you said it's a change of address, meaning that you're fired. Like, every day we walk in that locker room, there's guys that's coming in, trying out, and there's guys that's uh, with garbage bags, literally garbage bag being shown the door. And this is a revolving door every single day, and a lot of people don't get that side of the NFL. There's people moving their families to new towns, and they last two, three weeks. There's coaches that have families uh, that's in high school, that's in school. Their wives are, you know, uh, getting situated. And then all of a sudden you got piss poor effort from the players and then they have, they get fired and now they have to yep. pick up and leave and go to cool. the next place. There's but, too much on the line for us to be talking about Brandon, effort. Brandon, I mean, and I'll leave it at this, Jenna. The Cowboys defense is so bad, it might be costing people jobs that don't even play within the organization. Dwayne Haskins just lost his starting yeah, quarterback job yeah. after 13 games in Washington. I think in large part because Ron Rivera at Washington's like, you know what? We might be able to win this division with seven wins with the way the Cowboys are playing. So let's go with a more certain yeah. quantity of quarterback than work on it. I mean, this is like the, the, the defense has That's been so such true. a disaster. It's not just to Coach's point the about being almost back. last in almost everything. It's the whole division is like the Eagles are like, we'll take a tie. Washington's like, we'll change quarterbacks because we only need to get to like seven wins to win this thing. Giants, like, by the way, aren't changing a thing. Bad. Giants are just going to no, stay the Giants course. are just um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. Co <laughs> Coach, as always, you give us 100% of your effort every time out. We appreciate it. Thank you so much.
Hey, has Tom Brady exceeded expectations in the first four weeks of his Bucks career? We're talking Tampa Tom next. A little alliteration. Everything from Coach was great, except for the drive. Today on FS1, the National League Division Series continues with Game 3. Cats Ronald Acuna Jr. as he and the Braves look to close out the Marlins, move on to the NLCS. For the first time since 2001, coverage begins at 1 Eastern on FS1 and the Fox Sports app. All right, sticking with baseball, time for our player resume sponsored by Indeed. Upload your resume today. And we're talking Dodgers, Padres, and Cody Bellinger's amazing home run robbery last night. Looked like it was gone off Fernando Tatis Jr.'s bat, but Belly bringing it back. Said that's only the second time in his whole career he has ever robbed anyone of a home run. Said it felt really good. Brandon, how impressive was that catch by Cody Bellinger? Uh, so impressive by Cody. Uh, Nick, I know you think this is one of the greatest plays in all of sports. I just think it's a great yeah, play. But it's Robert. a difficult play to make. I've caught almost a 1,000 footballs, and I can't make this play five out of ten times. Diana Taurasi at Larry Fitzgerald's softball charity event had to teach me how to catch a fly ball. Like, I, I'll pop up. Like, I, it was extremely hard to, to control and understanding how to track the ball in the air. This is a difficult play. This what? is awesome. What, Wilds? What, what Wilds? Wilds? What's the problem? Another name because dropper? A little he, name dropping like, sitch? No, no. I, that's what he's like. <laughs> I had to learn to catch the ball. I couldn't make this five out of ten times, but you could make it four out of ten, even though you don't know how to catch the ball. That's like an odd mix. <laughs> oh, well, of you would expect. Well, well, Wilds. While you would expect me, you know, as a football player and catching the ball over my shoulder to be able to make that play yeah, is difficult. Ten out of ten. Yeah, I, I, I can't agree. do it. I, I you was should, disappointed. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. And it is it's the hard. coolest what play in sports. What you call him, Belly? What you call him, Jenny? The, is the coolest Jenna, what you call him, Belly? Dodger. I called him Belly. Yeah. Dodgers. I give everybody nicknames. Dodgers now just a win away from another trip to the NLCS. All right, let's shift some gears. Talk some. The Nifa, a little Thursday night football on Fox, gave that a little nickname, and that was an epic fail. Tom Brady and the Bucks traveling to the Windy City to take on Nick Foles and the Bears. Both teams coming in at three and one. Brady's Bucks, though, a little banged up. No Chris Godwin or Shady McCoy. Leonard Fournette is doubtful. Mike Evans is questionable with an ankle. My shoulders bother me a little bit, but I'm going to be able to watch tonight. Brady coming off a great game, taking home NFC Stop Offensive Player of the Week honors. For his big win over the Chargers. They just come so easy to me, I can't help myself. Uh, our quarterback, Mike Vick, is joining us now. Mike, as you learned, I do a lot of pull-ups. Uh, what do you think, Mike? Has Brady exceeded your expectations through his first four weeks with the Bucks, especially given the game he's coming off of last week? No, he hasn't exceeded my expectations. This is what I expected from Tom Brady. Uh, I expected him to come out 3-1. After the first quarter of the season, and with, with the the weapons that Tom has around him, you know Bruce Arians, you know Tom Brady and Mike Evans can step on the field and win a game on any given Sunday. So you know, without the preseason and, and, and everything that comes along with preparation and getting ready for the start of the season, I thought they've done very well uh, through the first quarter of the season. So um, very excited to see what tonight holds, and, and I can't wait to see this team get off to another good start. But didn't exceed my expectations. This is what I expected. They have the team to, to beat any team on any, any given Sunday. 
Um, he has not exceeded my expectations uh, because it's Tom Brady to go. However, there's a clear contrast. And Nick, you tried to get to this a couple segments ago. You talked about Dwayne Haskins. And people don't understand how difficult it is to actually go into a new system, learn it, and then go out and produce at a high level. Now, granted, he's a young guy. This guy had no offseason. He had no preseason, a new system. He plays four games. And then he gets benched because the pressure of performing right now and winning. And like you said, they're looking at the division like, oh, we're a game out. We could potentially win this. So let's go with a quarterback who may understand the system a little bit better and we don't have time to develop. Let's look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady has set the standard in the NFL when it comes to the relationship between play caller and quarterback. He was in the same system for pretty much 20 years. Okay. There's a lot of guys that keep their jobs because they don't want to disrupt the growth of a younger quarterback. So I say all that to say this. Tom Brady's 43. We knew when he left New England that it wasn't, oh, he's going to go through this process of learning. It's going to be a down year, developmental year. Like, no, you're 43. It's week to week for you. You're going to find a place where you can win a championship right now. But the reality is it's tough to go into a situation, build chemistry with new guys, learn a new playbook or implement your playbook. And we're seeing Tom Brady actually show guys how easy it can be on the outside of being able to rack up some wins and put up some stats. But the reality is, and Mike, you know this, it's hard for a guy to go in a new system and perform. So because he's the GOAT, he's supposed to win. But for him to do this and not look like a Dwayne Haskin or so-so, you know, uh, uh, outing like, you know, Phillip uh, Rivers, this is, this, is, this is him showing you why he's the GOAT. Yeah, and to to your point, Brandon, when you, when you're talking about a guy who, um, you know, has to you know put that time and that effort and that work in, and it was it wasn't there this off season, you know, through preseason and, and through OTAs and, and training camp, uh, you know, for him to come out and perform at, at such a high level, you know, being the goal, I did expect this, you know, but at the same time, when you have a guy who has so many snaps, so much experience. It's, it's nothing that, that can't be done at the quarterback position, man. And I, I got to take my head off to Bruce Ernst and Brian Leftwich. I know they're playing an integral part in, you know, the development of Tom Brady. Even though he's 43, right. even though he has 17 years in the league, he's still learning, still getting better. Right. Okay. All right. So a few things here. One is Brady did have some time. Got a little extra time when he went to Leftwich's house when he wasn't oh, supposed to and breaking into the neighbor's house. He, I mean, they, they held those, they held those, those against NFLPA recommended workouts on those fields. We all just pretend those didn't happen. So that he did have a little, little bit of time. But yeah, a little time. Uh, Mike little time. and Brandon, you guys, you guys weren't here. I picked all 256 games of the season because I do that every year. So you go through every team schedule, pick games. I picked the Bucks to miss the playoffs, and I picked them to start three and one. So I'm not surprised by their record. They're supposed to have won really? their last three games. I need to see and they this. Did where's, win. Where's, yes. where's this bracket? They, they did. We could we I could show it this. to you another time. They did win I'm their next their last three games. The issue is the next eight. 
Because over the next eight games, it's not just this week at Chicago, a game I think they're going to lose, and then Green Bay, and then Oakland. It's a few weeks later, the rematch against New Orleans, and then it's games against the Rams and the Chiefs. So this 3-1 and one start can turn into 4-6 and six awful quick. And if it's not going to, then if I may dare, and I know it's tough, especially when Mike's on the show, level a little bit of criticism of Tom Brady, he needs to be more consistent because Brady's played four games, Wilds. Two of them have been excellent. Two of them have been awful. He hasn't, he hasn't played an average game yet. He hasn't had a single mediocre sure. performance. He's had two really bad games and two outstanding games. If you're betting on the Bucks, you believe what he did the last two weeks is sustainable throughout the year. I don't even think it's sustainable till the end of the night. Because I think the Bears are going to get pressure on him. And what we've seen from Brady over the last few years is a precipitous drop in his quarterback rating and accuracy. Okay, <laughs> quarterback rating and accuracy when he's pressured, Wilds. So go ahead, whisper away. Can you hear me? Can you yeah. hear me if I whisper like this? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes also had two good games and two bad games. Patrick Mahomes oh, okay. had two good games and two <laughs> bad games, too. Okay. He did. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes had two good games and two bad games. So if you want to say he's the best quarterback in the league, he made half a billion dollars, he's had two really good games, and he looked terrible against the Patriots, and he looked terrible against the Chargers. So I chalk that up to, hey, not only maybe it's the genius of Bill Belichick, sure, but maybe it's just kind of like a feel-out period. But Tom Brady's got new everything, and you've got, and Patrick Mahomes has new nothing. I don't want to turn this into a Patrick Mahomes bash fest, well, but I think saying that Tom Brady's only had two and two, well, a lot of guys have had two and two. Lamar's not quite right. Just because Russell and Aaron well, Rodgers look great, Patrick Mahomes doesn't. So I feel like that's okay. I feel like that's okay. Yeah, well, well, I mean, let's go back to what we're talking, like the expectations, right? Like that's that's what we're like week four and him looking the way he looks. You can go back to the last time we saw this, and it was Peyton Manning going from the Colts and taking a year off, pretty a year off, and then going into the Denver Broncos. His first year there, Vic. 37 touchdowns, 11 INTs. His second year, he lit it up. 55 touchdowns, record year, 10 interceptions. So for Tom Brady to go last year, I mean last game, throw five TDs, that's special because it's so hard going into the, a new system and trying to develop chemistry and continuity. This is a special moment for Tom Brady. I'm telling you, I know he got a, 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 you know some, some hell of a games in front of him, Nick, but... Tom is playing at a high level. Okay. We got to understand I'm this. I'm just going to very quickly. Go ahead, Mike. Mike, you go. Mike, go ahead. I'll, <laughs> just I'll, I'll address Miles after. Real quick, real, you go, Mike. real quick, Nick. Like, I'm nowhere, I was nowhere near being the GOAT. Tom Brady is the GOAT and had no preseason and no offseason. And to, for him to be able to go out and execute the offense, he had a couple pick sixes and a couple bad games. But he had no preseason. He had no prep time to get ready for an opposing defense other than the film that he was able to watch for the first two or three weeks of the season. And that's that's one thing that you can do, uh, you know, in August. You can start prepping ahead of time. But I got to give Tom credit because he's running a new system. and He really didn't give a ch get a chance to run it versus a different defense in the preseason. That's where the preseason is so valuable. So I got to give him props for that. 
Listen, I'd love to give Tom Brady credit. The problem is no, you, you guys won't let me great. I would. He's gonna. He's already had. If he doesn't play another game this year, he's had the greatest age 43 season anyone's ever had because no, nobody know. plays till they're this old. But you guys demand we not grade him on a curve. You guys demand we continue to re hey. remind everyone he's the greatest ever. They're a Super Bowl contender, and he should be one of the best quarterbacks in football. I don't buy that. Quickly, Jenna, to Wilds lunacy. Tom Brady has four <laughs> picks, a fumble, and two pick sixes. Patrick Mahomes hasn't turned the ball over since the Super Bowl, which he won, by the way. So comparing the two, you, to quote Paulie Walnut, it's three, apples three and was on his wide and receivers. What? Three and of those picks was on his wide receivers because there's no chemistry okay. and continuity. Come on. It's been busy. <laughs> oh, 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 I know. take it over. At the end of the day, Nick, if it looks like a goat and it walks like a goat and it throws like a goat, it's probably a goat. still a goat. <laughs> we got to take a break. Still a we'll goat. have much more first things first right after this. So to me, LeBron is absolutely the MVP of this finals. I would imagine we agree on that. Folks, are we are numb to what LeBron does. We feel like he's having a down finals. He is averaging... 28, 11, and 9 on 54%. And a, while AD has been brilliant defensively, in these finals, LeBron is averaging more points, more rebounds, more assists. There isn't an argument for anyone to win this finals MVP other than LeBron. I know, Brandon, that must come as a total shock to you, but Nick... Pulling for LeBron to get MVP in the finals here. You buying his take, what we just heard from him on the herd? I 100% back Nick. You can't have uh, a game three outing like that, 15 points, five rebounds, and think you're the MVP. You can't have a pedestrian game four where you go for 22 points, but really it's just, uh, it's just 22. And then at the, 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 the defining moments in the game, you hit one big shot, then you start pounding your chest and say, I'm the man, we want it because of me. No, you can't do that and say you're the MVP. He had it coming in. Game one, game two, he had it and he blew it. All right. So, Brandon, what Very you're well. saying is, and Nick, for the record, promised to be quiet during this segment, so we'll see if it lasts. What you're saying is, <laughs> if AD plays poorly, the Lakers lose. It's almost like you would consider him their most valuable player. Because when he plays poorly, they lose. But in the wins, he actually plays better than LeBron. He has more points. He's got more assists. He shoots better Bite from three. Tongue. He shoots better no, from he the field. He doesn't. He shoots better from the Hold on, hold on. Hold and on. I, 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 I can talk if you lie. I knew it. You lied. <laughs> you lied. You said what it's effective. You said he has more assists. You said he has more assists. It's a lie. Oh, That's a lie. Oh, so you must retract. And he doesn't Sorry, have rebounds either. He's got nothing. Move on, Jenna. Wilds blew it by lying. Move on, Jenna. Move on. No, we're going. Bring Broussard in or something. All right, Move all right, on. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's, uh, you know, let's, let's stay here. Let's stick with the king. So the conversation is starting to shift to LeBron's legacy, right, with the Lakers just one win away from the title. But, I mean, guys, if there is a blemish on LeBron's resume, it would be that 2011 finals run with the Heat when Miami came in as favorites against the Mavericks and lost. No. Well, Mavericks owner Mark Cuban chimed in on how much different LeBron is as a player now than he was back in 2011. Take a listen. 
LeBron James gets a lot of criticism for that series in particular. And I want to ask you, what is the difference that you see in him then in that series and then in him now? Because if you had to just compare differences, what are some of the differences that you see? So, number one, um, he was the number two guy with the Heat, right? It was Dwayne Wade that really was the, the leader, like we talked earlier about having that leader in, in the locker room, right? right? Right, So you could really tell on the court and just from talking to guys that, you know, he went to Dwayne's team, right? It right. wasn't like, you know, Dwayne came to his team. Right. And, and so I think one is leadership. Now LeBron's that guy, period, end of story, mm-hmm. right? He, he, he says who comes on that team, how it's going to work, you know, what we're doing. And, mm-hmm. and two, he's got the basketball IQ level now. He's just taking, he's, he's a basketball savant. All right, our Chris Broussard joining us now. Chris, I want to get your take on Mark Cuban interviewing and driving and driving and interviewing. I get it. It's comfortable. (laughs) Is LeBron better today in year 17 than he was back in 2011 at age 26? This is a tough one. Uh, I agree with most of what Mark Cuban said, except that he was the number two guy. Now, he's right in that Dwayne Wade was the leader of that team, but LeBron was the best player. LeBron was... Let's not forget how good LeBron James was in 2011. He was roundly recognized as the best player in the world. He was coming off back-to-back MVP awards in which he had led Cleveland to the best record in the league both years. And unlike in game four the other night, he wouldn't have had to let Anthony Davis guard Jimmy Butler to lock him down at the end. LeBron could have guarded Jimmy Butler for 48 minutes and slowed him down tremendously. He physically and athletically, he was superior to what he is today. But like Mark Cuban said, it was all mental. And LeBron was not mentally where he is today, nor was he mature enough. Remember, that was a year when LeBron was trying to play the villain role. He was going to play into what everybody was saying when he left Cleveland. Okay, this is what you want. This is who I'll be, the villain. That wasn't him. That showed that he let what others were saying get into his head. He doesn't do that anymore. Also, remember, he and Dwayne Wade, that series turned a bit when he and Dwayne Wade mocked Mocked Dirk Nowitzki for being sick during the series. And that's when the whole thing kind of turned or around that same time. And so that shows the lack of maturity. LeBron and those around him will tell you that series, as bad as it was, he did some soul-searching after that, became not only a better player and leader, but a better man, a better father, a better partner to his now wife, Savannah. Like, that was necessary, as bad as it was, for LeBron to become what he is today. Now, what he has now is 80%, 80 to 85% of his old athleticism, but he's far smarter and more experienced than he used to be. So that can still make him the best player in the world. Better? Here's, I, I, I was thinking about this. I said, I don't know if I can say he's better, but it boils down to this. In 2011, he was not ready to lead a team to a championship. In 2020, he is. So I do have to say he probably is better now. Yeah, I, w- I would argue the best LeBron James we've ever seen was 2013 
when he should have won Defensive Player of the Year, when he was a vote away from unanimous MVP, when they won 27 straight games. He's not as good now as he was in 2013, but he's better now than he was in 2011. I want to talk about 2011 for a second, though, Broussard, because any time you talk about is LeBron James the greatest player of all time, which he is, there are, there are, two, there are only two cards for the Jordan folks to play. One is the pedantic, childish count the rings. The other one is an argument that seems like a fair one, which is, well, what about the 2011 finals? Can we, let's do a blind stat reveal real quick. Maybe it might illustrate how awful those 2011 finals really were. So here's three guys and what they did in select NBA finals. I'll give you a hint. One of them is LeBron's 2011 meltdown. The worst moment of his career. The worst moment of any superstar's career. Let's show who those other two guys are, if we could. Those are the years Kawhi and Iggy won finals MVP. LeBron's meltdown was more points, rebounds, assists, steals, than the crowning achievements for those two finals MVPs up to that point of their careers. So I do think the 2011 meltdown has maybe been overstated a bit. But post 2011, no. and if we could show this, well, I, listen, I, I'm just, the numbers can speak for themselves. You know, if you're not LeBron, the, that finals can win you MVP. If you are, it's the worst moment of oh your life, God. which probably speaks to him being the oh GOAT. God. But ha, is he better since then? And I'll throw it back to you, Broussard. <laughs> since then, just show it real quick what his finals have been, because he's never had another moment like that. That's the eight finals. And you could argue that group on the right is even better than the group on the left. So is he getting better with age? It would appear his field goal percentage is certainly getting better. He's averaging close to 32 a game his last four NBA Finals. And it's certainly he's had no moments like 2011 Broussard, which was so horrible. It just was, you know, the same stat profile as a couple Finals MVPs. That's all. Just Nick, numbers. I'm sure we'll have this conversation after the Lakers win this championship and LeBron now has four rings. But look, <laughs> I've got a handful of cards. I don't have just two, all right? I've got a handful of cards that tell me Michael oh, Jordan is the shooting. GOAT. That's but the you third. can't. You pull you're that one comparing out of the LeBron. You're comparing LeBron James to a young Kawhi Leonard who was a pup in 2014 and Andre Iguodala? I get it. I said it myself. When people look back 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now and say, wow, that was LeBron's meltdown? 17, 7, and 7? Wow. No, but you had to watch the series as I know you did. Le that was not LeBron James. I don't care what the numbers say. LeBron was turning down yeah. post-ups over J.J. Oh, Barea. That you cannot minimize that. And no, every player's had that. Magic in 84. Uh, Bird, his first finals, two eight-point games and I think a 12-point game. Yeah. We, Kareem got swept yeah. a few times in the playoffs. We Dang, can go to everybody and say that, except, except... Michael oh, no, Jordan. Not, we're not that's doing the, the Jordan difference. Thing to, no. He's never Brandon, had a meltdown. Never. Okay. Nick well, Anderson well, well, says listen, hi. Listen, you guys, hi. I'll let you guys, I'll let you guys debate Go the ahead, numbers Brandon. and throw the graphs up there. Let me speak from a player's perspective, okay? So I agree with Mark Cuban because as a player, when you enter the league, you hear about these veteran guys uh, operating at a level where the game is so slow. And 
when you talk about the when you talk about the plays they made and how they were able to do it, it was their their their, their recount is almost in slow motion. So as a player, what you're trying to do is you're trying to understand each moment. You're trying to you're watching film so you're better prepared to make the proper pass, to, to make the proper move. So what that takes time. So what I'm saying is he's better now from a neuromuscular standpoint. And, and just track just track with me here. Neuromuscular. Yeah. Just track with me here. <laughs> so the goal is, how do I get as many mental reps as possible so w when I go into a game, I know exactly what's going to happen before it happens. So when you see LeBron James, he knows what Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson is going to do three possessions out. Because he's been in these moments so many times. He's failed so many times. But the key to a, a guy dominating for 17 years, and this is why it's so special what LeBron's doing, is because when the mind says, we need to do this, he's trying, the mind's trying to tell the body to do this, and it does it. That's when you're in that sweet spot. That's when you're in that state of zen, right? Because there's so many times where you have an older uh, 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 player, an aging player that understands the game, who's that NBA savant, that yeah. NFL savant, and they're like, yo, I know what's about to happen, but my body just won't react. It won't respond. Yes, there's a little yeah. his, his talent, his physical talent is a little diminished, but he's able to say, I know what Tyler Hero's about to do before he does it, but then I'm going to do this. And when, he, when, his, when his mind tells his body to do it, he does it. And that's why he's so dominant, because he's so efficient. And what he's doing is so special. 17-year run. I don't think we'll ever see a run like this again in sports. Brandon, I'll show the difference between me and you. When you talk about neuromuscular... I'll just put it in plain English. There's two things that old <laughs> men get better at. One is basketball, and one is moving couches through doorways. You got three college kids trying to move a couch through the doorway. You better go down and call your 75-year-old super who comes up there with the suspenders on. He's like, boom, 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 couch through the doorway. That's LeBron. And you know why? Because the super has moved a 1,000 couches through a 1,000 doorways. Doesn't matter how strong you are. You need right. the smarts of the old man super. And because LeBron has got so many minutes at this point, if we can put up the stat, it's not only who's on this list, it's who's not on this list. He's got 8,000 more minutes than Jordan. He's got more than Tim Duncan. He's got more than Akeem. He's got more than Robert Parrish, who played till he's 43. And Broussard, as, the, as right. we're oddly the oldest people on this uh, staff right now, look at this classic old yeah. man basketball move. Boom, right elbow in your back. This is from game one. This is just old man basketball against Derek Jones who won the dunk contest. This is classic old man versus young athlete. And you see this play out a million ways. I just like this one, Broussard. So you're seeing the com perfect combination of smarts and old man strength. Yeah, let that's me, what let, I still let, do to young I, guys in the gym. So I, I agree with that old man move. Go ahead, Brandon. Right. There you go. All right. No, I just want to, I just want to paint. The, I, hold on, Jen. I want to paint the. Okay. Yep. I, now I want to paint this picture real quick. It's like I want to use football really quick. It's Tom Brady, Drew Brees. You got Peyton Manning. They have seen cover three so many times, and you have a young secondary on the other side. They drop back. They look to the right. They move the safety over to throw the seam on the left. Before the play even happens, they know it's the play is going to be a success, and this is what we're seeing yep. with LeBron and what you just eloquently laid out, Wilds. And unlike Brady, right, LeBron's arm's not shot. So that's good. <laughs> 
right, well, we, we, we got to take a break. To your kids moving the couch, I say pivot. We'll have much more first things first right after this. Chris Broussard, thank you. Trust me, Nick. Ah, there's that music. Thursday Night Football returning to Fox. You got Brady and a banged-up Bucks team facing Nick Foles and the Bears. Both teams coming in at 3-1 and one here. All that action tonight on Fox NFL Network and streaming on Prime Video. And lucky us, we're back here with Michael Vick talking about this weekend's clash in Cleveland. The Browns offense red hot coming in, averaging 39 points over the last three weeks. But they got, they've yet to face a test like this Colts defense. Indy holding opponents to a league-best 14 points per game. Mike Vick, you expect Baker and the Browns offense to come back down to earth Sunday against the Colts? Well, it's certainly going to be difficult. It's not going to be uh, the same type of outing that they faced against the Dallas Cowboys or the Washington football team or the Cincinnati Bengals. You're looking at a team uh, that's stout on defense, uh, led by Darius Leonard and Xavier Rose. And when you have a, a linebacker and a corner, usually on any defense that's Pro Bowl caliber players, then it's definitely going to be hard, harder for you uh, to go down the field. But I think for the Cleveland Browns, it's all about utilizing Odell Beckham and making him the focal point of the game. Him and Kareem Hunt are going to be the difference makers in the game. It's not going to be as easy as it was the last three weeks, but it's certainly going to be a test for the Cleveland Browns. This is why I love football. This is why, you know, I wake up on Sundays and I'm excited because I get to watch these young guys go head-to-head -head at some of the greatest times, you know, in their career. So, you know, it's uh, fortunate for us that we have a chance to watch the Cleveland Browns develop. This is certainly going to be a test for them. And I don't know if it's going to be uh, yeah, difficult for them to move the ball against this team. We'll have to see. Yeah, Jenna, come back, to, come back down to earth. That's a bit much. Uh, I think that, you know, they'll have a great outing. You got to think about last week. Let's go back. They put up 40 points against the Dallas Cowboys, and we just talked about it. We know how terrible this defense is, and, 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 and obviously they're not giving any effort uh, when you look at what Xavier said. But they had 40 points, and Baker Mayfield only threw for 165 yards. So why does that matter this week against the number one defense? because they have two of their dog linebackers that could possibly not be playing. You got Darius Leonard, who you just mentioned, Mike, who's dealing with a growing injury. So he's going to be slow if he even plays. And then you have Bobby O, the other young linebacker, who, who's, who's having thumb surgery. So when you think about what Cleveland Browns and, and, and what they do best and, their, and what their identity is, it's running the football. It's running the football, establishing a run, committing to the run, uh, sticking to it, and then doing everything off of play action. So with those two guys out, I think they're still going to be able to have a great outing on the offensive side. Now, Ooh. defensively, they still got to clean up some things um, at the linebacker position uh, mm -hmm. in the secondary. But this should be a really good game for the Cleveland Browns in this run, cool. this run offense. So, a couple things there, and uh, I know you know this, Brandon, for the audience, while Kareem Hunt 
They expect him to play. Nick Chubb obviously isn't going to play, so that's part of that rushing attack. Now, if Darius Leonard doesn't play, that does change the analysis greatly. He was an all-pro caliber defensive player the moment he stepped into the league after being a second-round pick out of a small school. He's been an unbelievable draft pick by them, and he's been great every step of his career. But I think it's too, I don't think we yet know if he's going to play. And he has been the centerpiece of what has quietly been not just the best defense in football, but through four weeks, this defense is pacing to be an all-time defense. We have never yeah. had a higher scoring opening quarter of a season than the one we just had, and the Colts are allowing 14 points per game. They're allowing fewer than 250 total yards of offense a game. That is impossible in the 1980s much less in 2020 in this era of unprecedented offensive explosion. But that is why, Mike, and I'll kick it back to you, why I think what you said and what Brandon has been talking about with the Browns for the last few weeks is so key. The way to break things open against Indy is to get the ball in your best playmaker's hands in Odell Beckham. I, I think we spent a little too much time talking about how bad the Cowboys' defense was and not enough time about how unbelievable that final touchdown by Beckham was. This, the play, this play's fine, the Jarvis Landry touchdown. It, it's a trick play, so be it. But at the end of the game, the Odell Beckham reverse, next-gen stats said he had a 1% chance of scoring. If he gets tackled in the backfield, I think the Browns lose the game. Not only does he not get tackled in the backfield, he, the whole team's chasing him, and he ends up scoring a touchdown. So I think finding ways like Brandon's been harping on, Mike, smoke screens, you know, quick, you know, quick slants, to just get but, the ball in but, his hands and see if he can make yeah. things work, Jenna. But, but, Mike, let me just jump in here real quick. The other thing Brandon said that I think was really important this week is it shouldn't be so hard to get the ball to your best player. You shouldn't have to orchestrate <clears throat> trick plays. He shouldn't be running from the backfield. He shouldn't be juking and dodging He's your best player, and you got number one overall draft pick in Baker Mayfield. You got to find ways to get Baker Mayfield to get Odell open that aren't yeah. that don't revolve around all this trickery and scheme plays. Why is that so difficult for this Browns team? I think they ran that trick play last week just to to keep the coast off balance. They know the coast is going to be watching film, and it's just one more thing to look for. But uh, in terms of what what Brandon said. As far as the offense and making sure that the offense is clicking on all cylinders, establish the run. Kareem Hunt is one of the best runners in football, I will yep. say. Um, he, he's hard to tackle. Uh, his yards out the contact is amazing. It's always been that way. He's a guy, he gets better as the game goes on. Uh, so if you feed Kareem Hunt and then you find ways to get the ball to Odell, like, you know, hitches and slants. Just put the ball in his hands and get him into a rhythm, get him into the floor of the game and make the Indianapolis coach pay attention to Odell. Then they just start to open up things for Landry and, and other guys within the offense. So this scheme has to be uh, really on point this game, and they're going to have to do things right and obviously limit turnovers and stay ahead of the change. So, Mike, when we were in commercial break, I was talking about how good uh, Jarvis Landry's arm was. And we saw a lot of creativity from the Browns. And you said, ah, I want Baker throwing that. 
And then uh, yeah. last, or when we after the Cowboys game, Brandon was like, yeah, Odell's trick play was great, but I don't like it. Well, I want to do more stuff more conventional. And it feels like there's a, uh, a word uh, for people that don't like fun we're like, let them loose. Like, don't be like, you guys are like bumps on the log. Like, man, just give the ball to Kareem Hunt. I don't want Jarvis Landry throwing it. And Brandon wants Odell just doing these boring bubble screens for literally two yards. Just like, ah, like, let. Why don't you guys? We're, try, just we're trying to win the game. Fun. You know you can't. Hey, Wiles. Because of, uh, hey, Wiles, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. You're just keeping it traditional. You know, we done played in too boring. many games, too much what? experience. We know what it Sentient takes to win. The I game like boring. Wilds. I like boring. We just want to win. We're, we're, <laughs> win. Is it fun or win? Hey, listen, a great coach told me once, he said, listen, you know, you know how we have fun? By winning. And how are they going to win? By running that damn ball. That's what they need to do. If you want they Baker Mayfield to drop back 40-something times and, and I, do all this trick em, dick em stuff, it's not going to work. And Nick, Nick, before we go, Nick, you got to think about this, this <laughs> historical defense that you just talked about. You know who they, who they went against? The Jags, the Jets, that, yeah. the Vikes, yeah, and, that's true. and Trubisky, the Bears. Come on. They're false. So yeah. we'll see what, we'll see what they do week. against yep. this no, team. No, that's fair. They, they, that's right. The bad quarterbacks. Coming up this weekend. Michael Vick, thank you so much, buddy. Much appreciated. Switch gears, Tom Brady gearing up for a battle with the Bears tonight. He'll have to do so without a number of weapons at his disposal, but if anyone can do it, who can do it, Nick? Who can do Oh, Tom Brady. Next, first things first. Time now for a little drawing of blank. Thursday night football on Fox. He got some bucks and bears. Tom Brady going to be without Chris Godwin, but hopes to have Mike Evans right now. Mike Evans listed as questionable. Brandon Marshall, the player you're most excited to watch tonight is blank. The second coming of LT. We were talking about him two years ago as he was going to dethrone LT as one of the best pass rushers the league has ever seen. And I don't know what's happened over the last year. But Khalil Mack, where are you? I know Nick talked about him earlier in the show. 22 pressures, one and a half sacks. I want to see him show up tonight. Turn of the match. Khalil Mack's a great answer, Brandon. It might even have been my original answer that I then changed because you get to go first in this segment. So, my current answer <laughs> is Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson, once upon a time, Eddie Jackson Ooh. had two pick sixes in four days. That was 686 days ago. You know the best recipe to getting another pick six? play Tom Brady. So, Eddie Jackson, it's been almost 700 days, but your Stop. night could be tonight, Wilds. Eddie Jackson, trying to get back with another pick six this evening. That was you know good. Why everyone is calling this uh, Bucks versus Bears. Your old buddy Kevin Wilds is calling this the blood feud rematch from Super Bowl 52. Nick Foles versus Tom Brady. And the other character in that drama is Rob Gronkowski, who's 9 for 88. Nine catches for 88 yards, zero touchdowns. I would like to see Gronk get a touchdown and redeem ourselves from that terrible Super Bowl loss, Jenna. All right, moving on to Houston, where the Texans Ooh. are looking for a new head coach. Clemson's Dabo Sweeney was asked about a potential reunion with Deshaun Watson. His response, next question. So, Brandon, the Texans hiring Dabo to coach Watson would be blank. Fool's goal. Listen, 
This won't work in the NFL. Flashy name, but won't yield results in the NFL. I talked to someone close to the highest paid player in that organization, the Houston Texans, and they said, <laughs> and I quote, if they don't get EB, Eric B. Enemy, they messed it up. They said, we need a culture shift. Because I asked them about dialing it up and plays and, and, and uh, uh, Deshaun being comfortable in the system. He said, we don't need that. He said, because Bob, talking about Bill O'Brien, he said, there was people from Watt to everyone in our locker room that just didn't like what was going on. They didn't want to be yelled at every single day when they walked into the building. So they need more culture and they need more of a leader. Which coach is that? But not in the NFL. Yeah, so once again, Brandon gets to go before me and takes my word. So I was going to say <laughs> fool's gold, and now I'm just going to say foolish because it's closest that they want to change the graphic that much. Be foolish <laughs> for both parties. I, it'd be foolish for Dabo. Dabo's got a lifetime contract at Clemson. They pay as much as the Texans, if not more. He should never leave. And for the Texans... We know exactly what they need to do. They need to hire Eric Bieniemy, as Brandon's been harping on, and he shouldn't come alone. The GM in Kansas City, Brett Veach, has done a brilliant job. Bring his number two. Just try to recreate what the current right. dynasty of the league has done. Take Eric Bieniemy, take the number two in the front office, pair them together. Mm. I know that would mean you have to oust the former Patriots team chaplain who now runs things for the Texans. That's a true story. <laughs> Google it, America. But that's what the Texans need to do to give Deshaun Watson a chance to succeed, Wild. True story. True story. So true the, story. The other odd thing that's happening with Dabo is there's also like this like little bit of uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. It's like, well, maybe he leaves with Trevor Lawrence because whatever team drafts Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick, probably needs a coaching change too. So I don't think either one of them are happening, but I also like the idea that it's tied to the number one pick. Wow. Wild just called for Joe Judge to be fired. Put it on the scroll. No, I did not. Wow. Stop. Wow. Stop some Ravens now. Lamar Jackson said oh, yesterday he's not happy with the Ravens passing attack through the first four weeks. Seven touchdown passes to one pick for Lamar, but he's averaging under 200 yards per game in the air. So Brandon Lamar saying he's not happy with the Ravens passing game is blank. Validation. We talked about this after the head-to-head the -head matchup between Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And, and, and leading up to the game, we talked about Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady and these, these two Titans clashing. And everybody after the game was like, see, this is why Mahomes is the better, the better quarterback. And this is why you need to go with Mahomes, because Lamar just can't throw. He can't sit, he doesn't sit in the pocket and throw. And what I said was, what they did, Greg Roman did a phenomenal job of building a system around Lamar Jackson. But when you fall behind, the system that they built is not built in a way that you can spread the guys out and go get it. So what they have to do is start adding more in the practice. Remember, we talked about this after week three. And this is Lamar Jackson telling them, give me more. Like, there's going to be moments. We're not, we're not going to lead every single week. There's going to be moments where I'm going to have to come back, and I can't do that with misdirection run plays and play action. Nobody's going to go for the play action when we're down by 10 points. They're going to be dropping in the coverage. So you need to give me more. I love this, and this is validating what I said week three. Yeah, I think it's self-aware because I think Lamar is not just talking about the scheme. I think he's also talking about his own performance. 
He needs to be better in the downfield passing game. That's not an indictment. That's not a huge knock on him, but it's reality. It's not only that the scheme is set up to play from ahead. It's also that he has missed some throws this year. As dominant as the team has been in every game except the Kansas City game, he can be better. And for a guy who was unanimous MVP in year two, it might be a, a high bar to clear but he's supposed to improve in year three. I don't think he feels like he personally has improved enough, if at all, yeah. from last year to this year, at least yet. So I think it's self-aware that he's saying this, Wilds. I, I think the MVP award and, and how this weighs in in Lamar's mindset is very interesting. He won the MVP on February 1st. So you get to enjoy it for about eight months. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers MVP, Russell Wilson's MVP, Josh Allen's MVP, <laughs> and I'm up Lamar Jackson. Like, hey works. guys, I'm the MVP. What's going? I didn't even, I didn't even get to sell. I got to celebrate for a summer. I was quarantined, and now you guys want to take my MVP award. So I think he's got to be a little bit frustrating that he can't enjoy the fruits of his laurels here, and he's still the MVP. He wants to play like it. Yes. By the way, Lamar Jackson with a bit of a minor knee injury heading into this weekend, so we will watch that. Hey, which version of Tom Brady are we going to see tonight? Bucks, Bears, Thursday Night Football. We'll preview next. First things first. There's only one. That's the right answer. Today on FS1, the National League Division Series continues with Game 3. Cats Ronald Acuna Jr. seeing the Braves look to close out the Marlins. Move on to the NLCS for the first time since 2001. Chippa Jones days. Coverage begins at 1 Eastern on FS1 and the Fox Sports app. Time now for some stories to start your morning. Sponsored by Ram Trucks. Built to serve. Talking Dallas Cowboys now. You know, we talked all week about this porous Dallas defense. The one giving up a league-worst 36 points a game. Hey, you can pick your reason why. Is it scheme? Is it execution? Is it effort? Cowboys safety Xavier Woods chimed in with his take, and it'll most likely rub some folks the wrong way. Take a listen. Our effort's been good. I mean, in certain plays, uh, certain plays, some guy, uh, I mean, me included, uh, it may be a lack, but overall, the effort is there. Uh, I mean, you don't expect, I mean, we're in the NFL, you don't expect guys to full speed for 70 plays. Uh, that's, not, that's not possible, but um, we're going to push, push, Push as hard as we can. Uh, I mean, we know you can't. You don't expect the backside corner to go make a play on the opposite side. Uh, he he running full speed the whole time. That just this is not possible, to be honest. As you might or might not know, I've never played NFL football. What I do know is that you probably should give 100% every time out there. Just saying. Uh, Nick, what did you make of what Woods was saying there about effort? I mean, yeah. obviously, Brandon is a gasp. Well, I'll start with you. <laughs> yeah, so, so B, I'm going to be honest here. I, I saw this, and I was almost concerned about texting you about it. Because obviously, you know, you're the expert, having played nearly 15 years in the league. But I can I consider myself someone who knows about as much about NFL football as you can know, having not played or coached it. And yeah. I saw this, and I'm yeah. like, that that's not normal. But he said it so matter-of-factly and so nonchalantly. Yeah. 
I'm like, am I going to text this to Brandon, like, in all caps, <laughs> look at what Xavier Woods said? Yeah. And, he, and he's going to be like, yeah. yeah, man, where have you been? This is obvious. Like, guys always take five plays it's off a the thing. game. I was like, this, this, <laughs> this, right, this is a thing. This is just, you know, defensive linemen get rotated out. Safeties just chill for a bit. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought about it more. I'm like, yeah. this can't be a thing. Like, it won't work if it's a thing. Because especially, by That's the right. way, you're talking about – if there maybe is a position you could take a playoff, you could say pass rusher. Like, you, you, you try, but you just don't have the wind. But the safeties in the corners, yeah. there's a name, it's the safety. You're the last line of defense. And if you're taking a playoff, that's how you become the worst defense in the NFL, right? Like, this is terrible. That's right. No, no, I mean, oof. This is idiotic. And it's disappointing, and this is one of the reasons why early on in my career I struggled in the locker room because I just couldn't deal with this type of foolishness. Because this is a billion-dollar business, and we're talking about multi-million-dollar athletes. There's so much on the line. It's not—it's not even a business. This is life for this is life for people. If every single day you walk in the locker room, there's people with garbage bags, there's people with bags. People with bags are coming in, they're trying out, they're getting signed weekly, we're seeing it. Just look at the NFL transactions. Guys with garbage bags, the person they just signed with the bags, they're walking out the locker room with their entire uh, uh, locker and, and desk in these bags, okay? So this is why it's a problem for me. When you got guys on the other side of the ball who's putting up 425 yards a game and, and they're giving uh, max effort, then, 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 then uh, you're going to have some issues. And for me, there's three things that I heard our coaches say every single day my 13 years in the NFL. When we sit down and watch film, this is what we're being graded on. Before the play even start, alignment. Are you where you're supposed to be, Brandon? Are you plus two from the numbers? Are you on the numbers? Are you minus two? Are you, where are you at, Brandon? Did you do what we told you to do? Because it, everything matters. Assignment. Once the, once, the place, uh, once the ball is snapped, did you do your job? And the last thing is effort. And this is universal all 32 teams. Did you give effort? Now, what he said is, well, 70 plays, you don't expect this. Yes, we absolutely expect it. Now, Nick, you may not have the legs. You may not have the win. But do, 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 are you showing me strain? I want to see you still straining. That's effort. You don't have to be running a 4-3-40 in the first quarter and then in the fourth quarter chasing down Odell, you're, you're, you're running a 4-3. No, we expect you to be at a 4-5. But are you straining at that 4-5? And then he talks about assignment. And, oh, the backside corner, that's not his job. We don't expect the backside corner to get there. It's quarters coverage. We know that the post is the biggest threat in the passing game to quarters coverage. What? stops that is the backside corner or the safety if number two doesn't go vertical and you or number one goes flat then the corner or the safety goes to the post and you can run the play if we have it you can see DK, DK Metcalf on the left side he runs a sloppy post they contain Russell Wilson he's in the pocket he got like forever to throw the ball. So that means the safeties in the corner has forever to, to, to adjust and nobody adjusted. So 
if I'm coach right now, I'm going into this locker room and I'm saying, guys, we have some issues because this is not the standard. This is how we all get fired. And I'm going to fix this right now, even if I have to bench you, bring back Ha Ha, Clinton Dix, whatever his name is. Uh, you got Eric Reed you out there. It. You have Earl Thomas out there. I don't know what you have against him. And you also have Tony Jefferson. Go get one of those guys and replace this lack of effort with a veteran, a savvy veteran. So, so, Brandon, Mike McCarthy two days ago had this quote, and this is on DallasCowboys.com. He says, you have to be real careful when you start challenging professional athletes about effort, especially from a distance, saying that it's like the effort was largely like a media creation. And now we have this Xavier Woods sound. So, so I still, and, and Nick, I, I felt like you felt, like maybe I'm misinterpreting this. I still think this is largely a public relations mistake and not necessarily an effort mistake because in in Brandon I'm just trying to put a play a little bit of devil's advocate here um, you've done the math on how many people play football and how many people play high school football and college football and professional football and how small that number is of people in the world so the idea that you can get up to that level and not be giving your maximum effort or, or, or I think it's more likely that Xavier Woods just made made a mistake. Um, well, Wilds, I don't know. Let me push back in on front that, of the Wilds. microphone. Wilds, that's that's it, the only that, that Wilds, just feels like a more. Hold on. Go ahead. Let, let me push back on that though, because if your logic's true, then the whole idea of coaching is almost pointless, because part of coaching is motivation. So if the idea was, well, once you're a pro, everyone is always operating at peak motivation, then you wouldn't have these fiery yeah. speeches. You wouldn't have these position coaches who you see losing their minds okay. on the sideline. So I do think, you know what I mean? I, I don't think many guys got to the okay. NFL, Brandon, without giving full effort. But, but it, what it would it, appear is there are certain guys, Brandon, that have taken their foot off the gas. And is that a no, coaching thing, Brandon? No, he's confusing effort and strain. He's confusing effort and strain. You don't have – you can be tired. You can be winded, right? Like, yes, our goal is to be in, in, in optimum uh, shape and, 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 and be lights out for four quarters. That, but it's almost impossible. There's only like one or two guys in the NFL that was the same guy are running 4-3 in the first quarter and a 4-3 yeah. in, in the fourth quarter. So that's what the offseason's for. But that 4-5, if you're a 4-3 first, uh, first quarter guy, but a 4-4, 4, four, four, five, four fourth quarter guy, then you need to give me your effort when, when you're at that level. So this whole thing that he's talking about, he's just confusing effort and strain because you can strain no matter if you're tired or you're winded. And, and Jenna, do you know what the recipe for a terrible, terrible defense is? A complicated scheme, flower, probably flower. nobody getting to the quarterback, and a secondary that takes plays off. That's how you allow 35 points per game. And the Cowboys are checking Woof. every one of those boxes.